0: I have a burning question for you, Zine. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to like books as much as you like
1: people? Definitely. I feel like some books are preferable to people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, I, sorry that I decided to sit next to you today.
1: Um, Yeah, well, I'd rather have a book sitting there, but oh, what well. can you do?
0: It won't keep you warm.
1: I guess so. You're not keeping me warm either. Oh,
0: yeah, they don't know that. <laughs> so, you
1: say it's possible. Of course. Um, I mean, I think that some books have... More personality than some people do. I might just be. This gives your English PhD. Yeah, so I'd also say that it'd be interesting to look at my department, for example. Like, obviously, we're all there because we, we like books. Um, do we necessarily like people? Maybe not. Maybe less so. <laughs> but then I think it's more about graduate students in general being some somewhat socially awkward. You were
0: not representing your discipline well, or maybe you Well, thanks.
1: You are. Oh, well, I think that we have a pretty awesome department. People generally really get along, but we also really <laughs> like books, and you know, we're pretty. I think a lot of us are fairly introverted and are, are happier being in the company of books than we yeah. are people, or at least we, we don't feel lonely if we are.
0: Okay. Well, what I can say is as a STEM, uh, I'm in biomedical engineering right now, and um, I think people, people, have this impression of you if you read a lot of books and you might want to read books more than you want to hang out with people. I think it's actually kind of the reverse.
1: That they think that you're more of a nerd, but you're ready in biomedical engineering. (laughs) Listen, listen.
0: (laughs) Actually, that's a funny topic um, in general, how um, when you talk to people who aren't... uh, there's, there's so many hierarchies because to my family, they think I'm a nerd instantly. Whereas around the people that I hang out with in school, I'm not a nerd, like I'm so cool. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm smiling at that, <laughs> but yeah. No, really there's like, oh, that kid's a nerd, right? I'm uh-huh. cool, I'm a cool like physics geek. Anyway, point being, uh, I love to read. And usually when I'm reading, I just get called out as a nerd and people automatically assume that I'm really shy and I don't like talking to people, or I'm really introverted. And I, I guess that's why I really wanted to ask that question because um, I love
1: books. Books and are people. awesome.
0: And I love people. I love people and the books.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's an either or proposition really. Hmm. But that. I mean, at the same time for, in comparison, I'm so much more excited walking into a library than I am into a party. Like I'm much more excited to be surrounded by books than I am to be surrounded by people.
0: Oh, this just reminded me, when I was doing a master's at UNC Chapel Hill, there was a bar called The Library, and mm-hmm. it was the most amazing thing in the world, because I could go and say, oh, I'm just going to go to the library tonight,
1: just <laughs> study
0: there all day long, and start drinking. Um, all right, so what do you like about libraries?
1: Well, my mother always brought us to the library after school, and so that's something I always grew up with. And what I really liked is like the freedom of it that my mom would just like set us down in one of the sections and set up us with juice. And I would just be able to wander wander around <laughs> and juice. like yeah, and read whatever I wanted, which had was not in no way constrained by genre or topic. And it was like this completely free pursuit of knowledge and, and narrative, which I feel um, very privileged by. And then later on I ended up working at my local library through high school mm-hmm. and then through undergrad I also worked at um, one of the campus libraries at University of Toronto. Hmm. And of course, like, you know, I'm in English literature, so this is like my main shtick. So like, I mean, there is a sort of way in which reading is no longer a refuge, the way that it used to be in high school, like high school or elementary school, where reading made me a nerd, but allowed me to set myself apart from people I didn't want to be around. Now everyone reads, and <laughs> also reading is my work. Thank and I still try to make time for myself to read, read for pleasure read my um, sci-fi fantasy, as well as my 19th century American literature books. Um, but it is more more in the category of work. And I think that a lot of people end up doing a PhD in English, sometimes for the reason that you just like books, which is unfortunately not a good enough reason mm-hmm. to be a researcher. Mm-hmm. But I guess for you, it's quite different. Like reading is still actually a refuge.
0: Yeah, I love reading. Um, it definitely is a refuge. It's actually a distraction. That's probably the, the better thing to say. Um, Because when I'm reading and it's not for coursework, I get so involved in it that I just stop doing real work. And it's really problematic. Mm. I can't, reading is not helpful if it's not like a paper or something, or something short. Um, What was I going to say? One thing that I do find interesting is because I'm in science, people really expect me to just automatically like science fiction. Mm -hmm. And just because I like science doesn't mean I like science fiction. I kind of like science and nonfiction. You know, I like my science to be real and accurate and statistically, you know, significant.
1: See, this is what was so funny <laughs> for me because I guess for a long time I did think that because uh, I thought at one point I would go into science and I came through it because I liked reading both science books, um, nonfiction, but mm-hmm. also science fiction. And then I have a friend who's in molecular genetics, and she did not know that Star Trek was set in the future. <laughs> so, and then I really realized, like, wow, people can go into, like, I guess I, it seemed to me like the most obvious track of getting into it. So it was very interesting for me to hear that it was something completely separate.
0: No, it's science fiction as so I gets it's Harry Potter. I'm really into magic. I'm into different worlds, mm-hmm. but I'm not into the future. But you could have different worlds in the future. Listen, <laughs> that's not the point. Um, <laughs> I want to stay on
1: Earth. Yeah, I'm very into Earth. I'm very into Earth. But what about alternate worlds, like? say, like, Middle Earth or, like, other planets or fantasy worlds. Yeah, on Earth. Middle Earth. That's not, but that's not, it's, like, modeled after our planet, but it's not exactly... Modeled after, but it's
0: still on Earth where they breathe oxygen. It's a very Earth-like terrestrial
1: environment with
0: elves and magical people implanted on Earth. So... Stop trying to find loopholes in my no, argument it's, it's okay. just very
1: funny but because like there's a lot of other like fantasy worlds that are on like different planets but i guess you're right. like correct but they breathe oxygen is like fantasy. the main thing
0: fantasy okay this is not star trek i don't know i was never um into that but you know maybe you can convince me otherwise no it's okay
1: i mean like i'm a both a science fiction and a fantasy person and also i'm a big fan of the type of books that often complicate the boundary between science fiction fantasy, like when I was little, I liked Anne McCaffrey's Dragon uh, Riders yeah, of Perm. Yeah, those books. Yeah, which was like, it was, had some elements of fantasy, but ultimately was science fiction.
0: Oh, wait, 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 this is reminding me. We were talking about this before, but I mentioned to you that um, books were kind of how I got my information about things my parents may have wanted me to know about. Oh, yeah. And because they weren't reading these books, they had no idea. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll pick up a book and it's got a little sex scene in there. It's got a little, you know, it's a little adventurous. So I'm like, whoa, what? what's happening here? Just keep reading. My parents had no idea. It was magical.
1: See, whereas the reverse was for me, because, like, I grew up in a a nerd household, and both my mom and dad read science fiction and fantasy, so I grew up with their libraries. My mom is more into heroic fantasy. My dad likes both fantasy and um, science fiction, Mm -hmm. but, like, because I was reading through the library, they knew what I was reading, so Mm -hmm. I remember when I I picked up this one book, which is this classic um, fantasy series from the 80s called The Chronicles of Thomas Covenant, the, The Unbeliever. It's this very dark fantasy series, which is based off of um, Wagner's ring cycle to some extent. Um, and it's, it's just really depressing and morbid, but the first book has the main character raping someone. Okay. And I remember I read, I was reading that and then my, my parents had this whole debate about whether or not they should let me continue reading it, because they're mm-hmm. like, we know what's in there and she's reading this right now. Like, how do we have to make sure that um, she's being exposed to uh, things appropriately? Yeah, That's... I read all sorts of crazy things. Yeah. Um...
0: I mean, you know, in hindsight, so I say they were crazy, but that's because I was a teenager. Uh, I think now Anne McCaffrey is not necessarily, you know, having sex while your dragons are having sex on the side, and it enhances the experience. (laughs) It's not exactly, um, you know, it's not porn, but I think as a 13-year-old preacher's kid, yeah. That was pretty exciting. That was pretty exciting. (laughs) That sounds
1: so bad. (laughs) <laughs> dragons are awesome, though. I went through this whole <laughs> phase um, where I would read anything that had dragon in the title. Oh, read a lot of different dragon books. That can be dangerous. Well, dragon, dragon lance dealing with dragons. Um, Dra- so yeah, the dragon was awesome
0: for you. The be- desolation of Smog.
1: Is, is are it Smog? I think so. You mean the? Are you talking about the movie? Because the movie wasn't awesome. No, no, we're on books. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, actually, I'm not the, as a big fan of Tolkien's rendition of dragons as as worms, because it really comes from this tradition of them being like these inferior um, creatures. I really like like the the dragons portrayed in like Dragonlance D&D, where they have like all these multiple powers and they're like really intelligent, mm-hmm. as opposed to being these debased um, figures. And I guess a little bit like I like this sort of influence from like Eastern dragons, where they're actually very benevolent and like river dragons. Hmm,
0: that's deep. You know? <laughs> That's deep. I, am like you, dragons
1: are pretty. But it's a, it's funny because actually when I when I was younger I was yeah. actually really prejudiced towards Western style dragons and then I had to become more open minded and being more accepting of Eastern style dragons. Because okay. like aesthetically I was very attracted to Western style dragons. Like I had like all these dragon calendars mm. by, by Michael Whelan who's one of the best selling mm-hmm. fantasy authors. Okay. His uh, name fan, does yeah, familiar. fantasy. Um, cover authors. Like, he's done, like, a lot for Anne McCaffrey. He's done covers for, like, Asma Finland, like, all the major people. Mm -hmm. His stuff is awesome. You should check it out sometime. I will. If you haven't already. He's really He does really good dragons.
0: So last summer, I went home, and I haven't been, I haven't lived in my home, my parents' home, for over 10 years, but I was surprised to find that, I was surprised to find that my book collection was still on my little bookcase. I Mm. had this, Book collection and um, a lot of series. I read Babysitter's Club. Oh, God. I had Goosebumps stories. And that's as scary as I'll get. I'm not a scary mm-hmm. person at all. I don't like to be scared. Um, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter. Oh, you
1: did? Yeah. For so- I was really into Pioneers for a while for some reason. Hmm.
0: Well, you're an Asian in China. No. No, what, no, what? <laughs> <Asia>. Excuse <laughs> no. Excuse me. I've never been
1: to Asia. Thank you very much. And you're proud of that? <laughs> I'm not proud Asian, of it, listen, it's just, it's just a fact. I'm sorry,
0: Asian <laughs> in Canada. You're like a pioneer in Canada. I guess so. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it was a word slip. Oh, um, so funny. Listen, no, it's the a... point is, I had a lot of books. I liked the books, J.R. Tolkien. Um, I tried to read Moby Dick and I could not do it. So it's just sitting there. I love Moby Dick. Withering Heights confused me very greatly. I stopped reading So much reading yeah, I couldn't do it. I didn't understand it. Pride and Prejudice, I love reading that. I love reading Jane Eyre in general because... I trust Jane trans- Damn it! Jane Austen. Because she, she has this way of being very relevant. So when I would read what she was saying, I think she wrote this in the 1800s, right? Yes,
1: she's Victorian. Or, or Regency period, which is earlier. She would
0: say that, and I would translate it in my head to what someone in my neighborhood would have said really? at that point. Can you give an example? And I made it hilarious.
1: Um... So, so instead of like, you know, it's a truth you universally acknowledge that a woman, whatever. You know, just the situations
0: the where she's like, um, oh, you know what, Mr. Darcy, I don't want to be with you. Um, and she didn't say it that way. But in my head, it was like, I'm not cheap. I could do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm an independent woman. You got to come towards me. I don't want your money. You're rude. I don't have time for this. I'm going to go find somebody else. That was kind of how I interpreted in my head. and just make me laugh. Um, that there's all this kind of, to me, there's all this sass and, like, independence. It's funny. See,
1: you'd be able to bond with my grandpa for this reason. Oh, really? Jane, Jane Austen is his favorite author. He loves Jane Austen so much. Mm.
0: Is that uh, why? What? Because? Because of the sass.
1: Um, well, he likes that. He thinks that she writes really well and, like, she has great characters. Um, yeah, he just loves, he loves her writing and the personality behind it. Oh, my God. Last time I talked to my grandpa, he had he's reading like some um, critics work on Austin. And she and the the critic quotes something like, Jane Austen has pleased more men in bed than any other woman who's uh. ever lived. <laughs> and my grandpa was so amused by this because all the people reading in bed like had pleasing them in bed. And he was oh, just repeating cute. it over again. I was like, oh, grandpa. I thought
0: that was hilarious. I was like, that. does he sniff books like I do?
1: What? You'll have to give some context I... for
0: our listeners. <laughs> So I really like how books smell, especially the old. I mean, the, the new ones are nice. You know, they're kind of really chemically smelling. But the old books, just they smell really nice. They're very comforting. Yeah. Sometimes I smell the book first before I open it. You know? Mm-hmm. You don't know.
1: I do know, I do know. And I remember <laughs> that there's some study done about, like, the exact compounds. Like, it has some vanillin in it or something when they're breaking down. That's what, what gives it the, a distinctive old get book old looking? Yeah.
0: Hmm, do I like my books like my men? I don't
1: know. Old and aging?
0: <laughs> they smell better with age. Yeah.
1: Anyway, does my grandfather sniff books like that? <laughs> no, no, I don't want to sniff
0: your grandfather. No, no, I meant, like, That's does he, sniff a relationship to books like that? No. Okay, thank you for answering that mm. very important question.
1: Yeah, for me, the, I like the smell of books, but I just like, I like them aesthetically. I like them surrounding me, like the experience mm. of feeling them around me. As I was saying earlier, to me, that when I was younger and more optimistic, like every book felt like another possible world I could dip into any point. Like, So if
0: you were in a rap video, if you were the rap artist, instead of having like women around you, you would have books just like float, floating in the air. You'd have these scenes where you're rolling in the books.
1: That'd be cool. Basically. I'd be done with that'd that. That'd be a little uncomfortable. It would be, but it'd be kind of awesome. Mm. You could, could be all awesome.
0: techy, you know, like Star Trek, and just have like all these iPads rolling around you uh, with the book open.
1: No, yeah, Kindle. No, I'm actually I'm a physical book type of gal. <laughs> I, I hate it when we're getting books from the library here, and it's only ebook. Like I need to, I prefer to wait for the borrow direct and have my physical copy.
0: Well, that's good. So, but we're yeah, book, book people. Yeah. And we both like to read.
1: (laughs) You're so awkward.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not as awkward. Never mind. Um, Because I was going to prove myself wrong. Um, So let's close on this. What is your favorite book of all time?
1: That might be impossible.
0: What is your favorite book of the year?
1: Um, I really liked uh, Jeff Vandermeer's Annihilation which is, uh, he's a writer of weird fiction and I thought it was one of the most notable things I read from last year that was really unusual, strange, and cool. Unfortunately, it's part of a trilogy and I think the the other two books are actually extraneous and it should have just been the one book, Hmm. but it was pretty awesome. What about you?
0: It would be Language of Flowers. It's about um, this woman who goes through foster care and the relationship she has with her foster mother and it takes course over like 10 or 20 years. And I, I really liked it. I liked how she used flowers to communicate and to sort of start a new life. And it actually made me think about having foster children. Oh, really? Fostering huh. or adopting children. That's really nice. Yeah, it really touched me. And it's been a long time since the book has actually touched the way I think about something. Mm-hmm. Usually I'm doing it for entertainment to, to be, again, a distraction. But this one made me think about things a little differently.
1: I really like the um, title of it, too, The Language of Flowers. Because it was about the language of flowers. I was obsessed so with it cool. as a child as well. I briefly wanted to be a botanist, so I'd like read about all the histories of flowers and like what their symbolism was. I didn't was. know
0: if flowers had history. I thought they were just pretty. Oh. Uh, yeah. Well, now you know. <laughs> so mm. There you go. <laughs>